0: Happy New Year! Here at Krypton to Alderaan, we're easing into 2022 by talking about Blackout Star Wars Eclipse, Rosario Dawson, and the first half of the Book of Boba Fett. All this and more on your favorite podcast, Krypton to Alderaan. to Krypton to Alderaan, the podcast that escaped the Sarlacc pit and started a new journey. Because isn't that what we want from the characters to see them change and develop and evolve and not just stay the same character that they were for literally five minutes of screen time before they got gently bumped into a pit? I'm Joey, your Star Wars lover, and with me is Royce.
1: Tell us how you really feel.
0: (laughs) And Robin. Hello. Hello. And Dr. Lorelei. Hello. And we're the podcast that talks about all kinds of nerdy pop culture stuff, but it's mostly Star Wars. Okay, more yelling. For those (laughs) of you who listen and are unaware, or if you follow us on Twitter and have seen me use the hashtag BlackoutStarWarsEclipse, here's what that's all about. wanted to take some time and talk about this. Last year, late last year, at the Video Game Awards, Star Wars Eclipse was announced, video game. Here was the series of events for me. I watched the trailer for the video game. I saw Quantic Dream's logo, the developer. I didn't know what that meant, so I googled them. And literally, all you have to do is google Quantic Dream. And the information on how problematic and toxic and bigoted the leadership is at that company is extremely accessible. Racist, sexist, homophobic, just bigoted in general and allegations of toxic and abusive workplace, and saying things like, we don't make games for derogatory slur for gay men. All the women in my games are derogatory slur for women. And that's stuff like that the leadership of this company has said. There's so much info out there. I'm going to put some links to articles and videos that go through all the information in the show notes for this episode. But it's all extremely accessible. Google it. And some of the cases got dismissed in court, which I want to be very clear, does not mean that these things did not happen or were not said. So much stuff goes on behind closed doors that we don't know about. And obviously, uh, this this is speculation on my part, but a lot of stuff goes on behind closed doors and wealthy people. I mean, we've seen it in the criminal justice system and everywhere in this world, like wealthy people get things to happen. Here's the bottom line the information about this company and the leadership is readily available and Lucasfilm Games still hired them to make this game. And it's not just about a video game and it's not just about whether you like The High Republic or not. This game is set during The High Republic, which happens to be like the most diverse and accepting era of Star Wars. It's about fighting discrimination and homophobia and bigotry and people need to be held accountable and the companies that hire the people who publicly have said these things and done these things need to be held accountable. And by staying silent, Lucasfilm Games is just as responsible for the horribly bigoted things that have been said by David Cage and the other leadership at this company. I feel the only way to be fans of stuff like this, fans of stuff like Star Wars and other problematic things is to be conscious consumers. That means like speaking up and pushing back and not spending our time or our money on something created by horribly bigoted people or companies. Like I love the High Republic. I'm eating it up. I'm not going to buy this game if it's made by these people. That's a lot of what I'm going to talk about. And it's just conscious consumerism. We need to be aware of how we're spending our money and the people that we are funding. We just can't let But I Want It to become more important. Fighting bigotry is the more important thing than a video game. So follow hashtag BlackoutStarWarsEclipse. Look it up. Participate. I encourage anyone listening to participate. Do the research. Like I said, all this information is readily available. Blackout Star Wars Eclipse is the hashtag that we're using to try to combat this. It's not about canceling a game. It's about holding people accountable. It's about holding Lucasfilm accountable. It's about holding the leadership at Quantic Dream accountable. And it's about if they're not willing to remove that leadership, it's about moving the game to a different developer. One There are so many developers out there that would be so happy to get this project and that are committed to diversity and representation and a safe and non-abusive workplace. So I encourage everybody to get involved. Use the hashtag at LucasFilmGames. Send them an email. We're conscious consumers. This is what we need to do to try to make change. We can't let bigots and homophobes and racists make this. We just can't let them get away with this stuff. And this is the way to push back and fight back. And all of this has really got me focusing on, on my own hypocrisy here. So I also wanted to talk about Rosario Dawson. We all know that Ahsoka is my favorite Star Wars character. And this is what happened last year. There was a suit filed against Rosario Dawson and her family by a longtime family friend alleging anti-trans discrimination and abuse. And again, eventually the case was dismissed, citing several reasons. But again, that happens with rich people. I mean, we don't know what happens behind closed doors, and we have to believe the victim and rich people get away with stuff. There was an update in June that said the person who filed the suit was going to appeal the decision. I'll link the Vanity Fair article that goes that chronicles all this and and discusses everything, including the update. And I'm keeping up with this news and everything, but I think it's important to talk about And it's just another bad decision made and another very problematic piece of content now being created. I don't mean that to be reductive. It's In the context of Star Wars, it's a very serious problem everywhere in and outside of Star Wars because all of this stuff, it's just part of our society. So it's everywhere. And that means that it gets into Star Wars. And this is how we fight back. We become conscious consumers. We put our eyes and our money where our mouth is. I just had a conversation with someone on Twitter who said that Ahsoka and what she's done and what she stands for was part of what made them comfortable as coming out as bi. And that, like, what an incredible connection to have to a character. That character represents so much good to so many people. We just can't allow this stuff to happen. We just have to be aware of what's happening And we have to be aware of how to push back and speak up. You know, uh, these bigots are the loudest voices in the room. And we just have to do what we can to speak up and push back and fight for what we believe in. And that's what I have to say about all of that. Okay, so, how is everybody? It's been so long since we've done this.
1: How are you, Royce? How's that transition? (laughs) Clean. So, welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. We haven't been on hiatus. It's just been like a holiday. You know, everyone takes a little vacation to recharge and get mad about social justice (laughs) and then eventually come back to talk about TV and movies. So, I'm excited that we're back because we haven't done this in a while. And what I am into is a podcast. I feel like (laughs) I don't... I don't know. I've talked about some podcasts before, I guess. But I'm going to recommend a podcast this week because I've been binging the... Lightning Bugs, Conversations with Ben Folds. Not my favorite podcast name. I don't know why it's called Lightning Bugs. (laughs) But it's Conversations with Ben Folds and other creative people like actors and musicians and even authors and audio engineers. Lots of like creative people. And he tries to break down like, how do you do what you do? And can you teach me to do what you do, how you do it? I find it incredibly inspiring. He's a really funny guy and like pretty witty. And he tries to make songs out of like most of the episodes. So even if you're like not a musical person, he'll be like, give me a line right now. Just give me something. And the guest will just say something random. And then he'll like remix it and turn it into like a whole like symphony orchestra. It's pretty awesome. And he'll put that at the end of the interview. It's awesome. If you like Ben Folds, you definitely gotta watch it because he gives a lot of backstory into his life. It's like perfect for any creative person. It's not like Gary V inspiration. That's like, go out and like, make your life happen. It's like, not that kind of inspiration. (laughs) It's more like, it's more like being a creative person is really hard and weird and awkward. And like, you fail, like constantly doing it. And you question whether or not what you're doing is worth anything. But the whole point of the podcast is like, everyone, like, if you're a human, You're a creative person and there's something special about that. And we have to nurture that. And Ben Folds is also really a big proponent for like funding for the arts and whatnot. And I think it's a great show. So if you haven't checked it out, you got to check out Lightning Bugs, Conversations with Ben Folds. (laughs) It should just be the Ben Folds podcast. But anyway, that's what I'm into.
0: It sounds a lot like that guy. What was his name? Martin or something, they would play piano with the hoodie on and oh, go Merton? into Merton. Remember? And what was that app Chat called? Roulette? Chat Roulette. Uh-huh. Yeah, go into chat roulette and hit a random room and just start singing about the person that he saw yeah, yeah. in the room. But it was very Ben Foldsy. I remember people thinking that like that was Ben Folds in disguise. It, I think they did a collaboration
1: together at one point oh, too. Yeah, yeah. Where they like played into that. They're like, Am <laughs> I him or not? Yeah. Love it. Robin, what do you got?
2: Not really content-specific, but I've been super into birds. We got some bird feeders. Uh, (laughs) I I think I put one out, like, right after Thanksgiving, and apparently it takes a while for birds to find your bird feeder. But now (laughs) we have two. Uh, One is kind of high up in the air, and one is short, and I realized I can't fill the short one anymore because deer also like bird feeders. Mm. (laughs) We caught one. Literally sucking the bird feeder dry the other night, so. <laughs> but we've had a lot of cool birds coming by. We had a woodpecker the past couple of days hanging off the bird feeder. So that's been interesting, both cat and people, TV. Oh, yeah. Nice.
1: How many different birds have, have you seen so far?
2: Somewhere around like 10. I'm keeping track. I don't, I don't know off the top of my head. I, around 10 or so. Awesome. Yeah. Do you have
0: a bird watching book or an Autobahn book?
2: I've been using an app, and then I've just been keeping track in Notes app, but we told Royce's dad, who's a big bird guy, that we have these bird feeders, and he immediately was like, do you have any books? Do you need books? So at some point, we're getting at least a book from him, so.
1: Big bird guy. I like it. bird guy.
0: (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: What was Big Bird's friend, the...
2: Snuffleupagus?
0: That. I'm more of a that guy myself. (laughs) Lorelai, what are you into?
2: Or Um, also
0: not into, I guess.
3: Well, we could remain on the bird topic for a chicken update. <laughs> it's I'll do short and then I'll do a content one. but so the chicken update is that one of our chickens decided she wanted to have babies, so she, and when they do that, they just stay in their little nest and collect all the eggs they can, so they like steal eggs from other nests and roll them into their nest and she plucked all of her feathers out on her tummy so she could like keep them warm and then we like kicked her out of there and took all of her eggs and have been doing that repeatedly so she doesn't actually hatch baby chickens because we have too many. So that was pretty funny. But I guess content-wise, what I've been into this last six weeks, I mean, there's been a few things, but um, in order to like really keep the trashy television representation Mm -hmm. on the podcast... (laughs)
0: Classic.
3: You know, there's no Winter Love Island this year, so if you're missing that part of your life, I highly recommend selling Sunset. I'm I'm late on this train as per usual, but we've watched almost all of it. Don't worry, Joey. I think there's only like one episode left, four seasons, but there's only like 10 episodes per season. Um, but it's so bad and so good at the same time. There's so much drama and so much like catty, but she said this and she's not a real friend and blah blah blah. It's so great. So if you need some of that love island energy in your life, I really do recommend. How much
1: of it is actually about real estate and, like, business? It so really it doesn't actually, matter
3: because... Joey, <laughs> this is my what I'm into. <laughs> she always does that. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, the drama stuff could probably take place in any workplace, but they do, like, go see these amazing houses. They, like, are actively selling these homes. And so they walk clients around the houses so you get to see everything. And they say, like, you know, they put a little thing in the corner that's, like, Six bedrooms, twelve bathrooms, because that's like a to- totally normal amount of bathrooms to have in a home in LA, apparently. And like how many square feet, and then what it's listed for, and then it, when they sell it, they tell you how much they sell it for. Um, and they're all like million, multi-million dollar homes, like up to the biggest one we've seen is seventy-five million dollars. It's wow. like they're crazy. The closets are as big as my house, like that. Yeah, <laughs> the that's what these houses are like. So it's actually pretty. I, I really enjoyed that part too. In addition to the drama and the cattiness and whatever, it's just cool to see all these like really incredible houses.
1: Cool. So it's the real world meets House Hunters.
3: Yes, that's exactly right.
1: Shake head, shake Sometimes, Shakehead. Shakehead.
0: sometimes Shakehead. they
3: show houses to famous people, such as Simu Liu. Yeah, Joey's favorite. He's been on a couple episodes because he's looking for a house. He's like buying his. Dream home in l a and it's like he feels like this is you know comparing where he came from to where he's arrived. It's like a big deal and he talks about that and it's really sweet, so sometimes there's nice moments
0: I mean they're ten million dollar <laughs> homes. It's a completely unrelatable experience
3: I don't think it's that I mean I would never probably make enough money to buy, but like you know we're we're just in a different market, Joey
1: sure, yeah.
3: <laughs> I don't want to live in l a either. I spent four years in the l a greater L.A. area, L.A. County, and Mm -hmm. I have no interest in living there, so...
1: What are you into, Joey?
0: Well, I just want, Lorelai, can you just also say this one so I don't have to? Because if no (laughs) one knows what this is, it's really hard to tell someone
3: that I've watched it and to watch it. Also going to recommend, for real, though, not, like, in a trashy television way, but a really good show, and it's called Sex Lives of College Girls. Um, And it was recommended to us because it was filmed on... Uh, campus at Vassar and we have a really good friend Mm. who teaches there like I cannot tell you how funny this show is it was written by Mindy Kaling and it's about these four girls who are freshmen in college and you know in the process of discovering themselves and figuring out things that are related to sex but also just like figuring out like general life things and it's so funny like we cried laughing pretty much every episode so Definitely recommend that one. There's only been one season. Mm -hmm. I hope they do more. I'm sure they'll do more. They left it on a little bit of a cliffhanger. So, Mm. yeah. And I think one thing that's also really nice about that show is that all of the characters are, like, genuinely good people with, like, issues that are very relatable. So, yeah, I think it's really good. It's so funny.
0: Yeah, it's really funny. (laughs) We laugh and and
3: laugh and laugh.
0: Mindy Kaling's great. The cast is incredible. It's also a very diverse cast. It's just really, really good. So what am I into? What are you? I've into? got a pretty long list here. Sure I'm just going to run through them. We saw Spider-Man, Long Homeward Bound, whatever. <laughs> we saw Spider-Man. Um, so I'm into that, and I think we're going to have an episode here coming up next month that we talk about Spider-Man and the Phase Four stuff. Anyway, into that. Hawkeye. I love Hawkeye. Really great. Just going to run through all my stuff here. Love Hawkeye. Read Ronan, a Visions novel, Star Wars Visions. That's a great, great book it's a sequel to the duel episode it's really good loved it currently reading the fallen star high republic novel and finally lorelei's brother gave me a star wars rebels related gift that i am super duper into he handed it to me and i was like this is the coolest thing i own it needed some work so i'm putting some final touches on it and then i'm gonna share it with our world and those are all the things I'm into, I think. I'm also into Boba Fett. We're going to get past that. Smooth transition again. All right. Today, we're going to talk about the Book of Boba Fett. As of now, we've all seen up to chapter four, right? Yep. So we're halfway through the series at this point, a little bit more than halfway through. I'd love to hear everybody's thoughts on the first half of the Book of Boba Fett. Let's go around. Let's have a little Star Wars round table. Remember when we used to do that? Remember when I used to say that phrase and then we'd just talk?
1: Do you remember? Does everyone? I, anyway. I remember.
0: Royce, what do you think about the uh, Book of Boba Fett?
1: <laughs> All right. Where to be- You got notes? Where to be? I have a lot of notes. I don't... Oh, man. It's tough to know where exactly to begin. I, I think I'm going to begin on a negative note, though. I hate to okay. do that. I'm not going to bitch and complain too much oh. Hold
0: on, let's do this. I well, let's here. I've got another sort of call to action challenge for us in I've been thinking a lot about Star Wars lately. I've been thinking about how people interact with Star Wars lately and how I interact with Star Wars and obviously I've seen a lot of stuff come up with the book of Boba Fett. So, I would like to challenge this for us here and in the future if we could not say it's not Star Warsy, or it doesn't feel Star Warsy or that's not star wars here's he, here's the thing: nothing was Star Wars before Star Wars, and I think why we watch the, why I watch these shows is to and read these books and interact with this interact with it all in the way that I do is because I want it to be more I want to expand the galaxy I want to learn more things I think it's very reductive, and sometimes arrogant to see people say, like, that's not Star Wars, thinking that they know exactly everything about the galaxy and the world that these people are trying to build. So what I would like to try to do is maybe dive into some criticisms more critically than just saying it doesn't feel like Star Wars because Star Wars is changing all the time. Let's just, let's try to avoid that to the extent that we can. Anyway, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I agree. And that's honestly been, like, very difficult. I've been watching the show and thinking about how do I critique it or give an opinion on it without just, like, complaining for, like you said, kind of just no substance other than you're like, it doesn't feel like it used to feel like. It's not really a great reason. I agree. Uh, So I wasn't going to really go down that line anyway, but I I'm not loving the show. I'm not really hating it. But I think my problem with it is similar to why I didn't get into WandaVision. Is they don't know exactly like what the strict structure of the show is. And they kind of change it episode to episode. And it goes like back and forth. Save for this last episode. So I'm kind of, I guess I'm referring to like the pacing of the real time. And the pacing of the flashbacks. They sold the show as a gangster show in the present. They didn't sell it as a flashback show, which is fine, but they incorporated the flashbacks. And then some episodes have a lot of flashbacks. Some have a little, and then some have a lot and some have a little. It's like goes back and (laughs) forth. And I don't, me as someone who's like trying to figure out like what the thing is about, like what kind of album is this from this band? And every song's a different genre. Like, no, you can't do that. Like, try to make it a cohesive thing. The show doesn't feel cohesive up until the fourth episode to me. Again, we can't judge it. We haven't seen the whole season, but mm-hmm. they do the flashbacks and now he's healed in this last episode. And they're like, you're all healed. And I'm guessing that means no more flashbacks. So like <laughs> the back half of the season will have no flashbacks. And then yeah. the stuff they introduced in the flashbacks is so cool with the the Tuscan Raiders. Yes, And they killed them off. It's just yes. like, I'm not sure what the show is supposed to be. It confuses me. And (laughs) I don't, I don't like, I don't hate it. It's just an odd pacing. And the first episode's like 40 minutes. Then it was like an hour. Then it was like 45. Like the cool thing about old school TV is you get half an hour and you get like three commercial breaks or like you double that for like a whole hour show. And you know how you are going to develop a story that fits for that episode that week. And also sets up next week. And with streaming, they like can do whatever they want. And sometimes not having those boundaries like doesn't really work out. Just like WandaVision. They're like, we'll do a different genre every week. <sighs> and then you just some people don't get it. And I, I don't get it. So those are my thoughts overall. But it's got pew pew sound effects and yeah. funny little like memes within it. It's like not terrible but the pacing's just off for me. That's my overall takeaway from Boba Fett so far. But there's three yeah. episodes left that it could be like a really cool ending, but the trajectory's weird for me. That's what I've got to say. Who agrees or disagrees? Let's fight about it. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, let's all have a conversation. Star Wars Roundtable.
0: I tend to agree with a lot of what you said. I want to touch a bit more on the Tusken Raider stuff, but I've also seen, you know, I was in the Pink Milk live stream, the Steam Room Friday night, and, you know, a lot of it was episode four would have made a really great episode one. You know, like that's when stuff really starts coming together and it becomes a show. Yeah, there's just so much good stuff in episode four. And But let's let's keep going. Robin, what do you think now that we're more than halfway through?
3: (laughs) I know what Robin's going to (laughs) say. The very first thing.
0: Ain't no baby Yoda. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... The sand people would have been the baby Yoda. But there's those adorable huts. The weird incestuous.
2: No, let it all out, twins. Robin. Let the, it all out. The best part of the entire series so far was that weird kitchen rabbit robot thing. Yes,
3: Robin. <laughs> I watched that and I was like, I know that Robin's gonna bring this cute little droid up. She was I like, I need ears. that.
1: I need that pop right now. That Lego yeah. and also that plushy toy. <laughs> yes. And if they make a robot one that can pair to my Apple Watch, that too. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. That's been my favorite part so far. I mean, so before Mandalorian, I was like, we do not need this show. Sure. I do not want this show. And that was my stance on this. Mandalorian proved me wrong. I was like, wow, this is a cool show. They did a great job. Every single second I watch of Book of Boba Fett, I'm like, yeah, we didn't need this show. This is such a waste of time. <laughs> and every single week we finish the episode and <laughs> all I say to Royce is, I hope they only do one season.
0: <laughs> Ouch.
2: Yep. Burn. Yep, burn. <laughs> I think
0: I under... i I don't think. I understand what you're saying. I think it is like we don't need... Any of this. But again, someone had this idea to make this. You Boba don't need it. You show. just hope think, that it's
1: good. That's all.
0: Yeah, yeah. All we can do is watch it and hope that it's good. The, the Mandalorian had the hook in the end of the first episode. The Mandalorian was, we'd never seen anything like it before on every single level, right? The storytelling, the characters, the special effects situation that they invented to create the show. On every single level, it was brand new this, you know, I think that's the danger of tapping into a character. You you see it on this level that we're talking about it right now to the other extreme with all the bros out there, the dude bros out there who are like, Boba Fett's supposed to be a badass. You know, it's like when you take a character that was already established and you tell a new story with it, it gets a little complicated, right? So it's difficult and and the levels of expectations that we all differently have for telling certain characters stories so i have more thoughts on that as well what do you think lorelei
3: um i guess i also just am not as compelled by this show as i was with the mandalorian i think the flashbacks with the tuscan raiders that storyline is so much more interesting than him like Be you know being the gangster king of Tatooine like I don't care. I'm the crime lord now. I know it's like oh okay that's good for you like that's your life goal congratulations, Um, but I think the part with the Tuscan Raiders I think is a lot more compelling especially because Boba Fett is played by a man who is from New Zealand and is Maori and so he like has that connection to like where he's like becoming integrated into this indigenous group and it's like maybe a little bit. Dances with Wolvesy, but also it's like I think it's a more interesting part of the show. Yeah, than the like modern crime boss like yeah, you that's know. so generic. It's like oh yeah, you're gonna kill some people. Cool, good for you. Like whatever. And so I think like yeah. right off the bat, even without Baby Yoda, The Mandalorian like Din's character was just a lot more compelling and a lot more sort of like you could mo- I I've like felt more connection to that character than I do with, like, the current Boba Fett character.
1: Yeah, his motivation to take care of, like, a disparaged child versus, like you said, take over a town.
3: Yeah, like, take over a town and, like, do that in a shitty, crime-bossy way. Yeah. Um, But I think, yeah, you know, the flashback part is a lot more interesting, and then they basically abruptly ended that by, like, murdering all of the Tusken Raiders. But, I mean, and then they brought in... What's her name? Fennec Shand. Fennec Shand, which I think that is also, like, because we already like, see them together in The Mandalorian, that, like, it's kind of like, oh, he's, like, becoming this person that we, like, know from this other show. So that was, like, a little bit more interesting. But, yeah, overall, I'm just, like, not super into it. Joey loves it. I like the second episode. Loves it. Uh-huh. The rest of them, I was kind of like, eh.
0: I'm not sure I would say I love it. I've really enjoyed two out of four episodes, and the two episodes that happened to be not directed by Robert Rodriguez are the good ones. That aside... Is that two and Man, four? It's two and four, yeah. So the one where he like joins the Tuscan Raiders yeah. and and uh, interacts with them and goes on his vision quest, you know, this <laughs> very spiritual journey and seeing Camino and seeing his father fly away, like that is all incredible. And to introduce the Tuscan Raiders again, Tamora Morrison had a hand in some of this. The Gaffy Stick, right? The like it's very similar to. I can't remember the name of it. A Maori weapon. And then the dance at the end after he comes back and makes his stick. I mean, that's all Tamura Morrison had a hand in like that stuff. And then in episode three, to massacre the Tuscan Raiders off screen, and then that's it is such a it's just so lazy, yeah. stupid, horrible way to do that. Like Boba Fett needed a catalyst to become who he's going to become. I want to talk about who, like, I want to pitch maybe the rest of the show to you all, you know, the crime boss stuff. But to do that to the Tusken Raiders, the indigenous people of the planet, like, he's helping them fight back the colonists and all of this stuff, and then you kill them off screen with with nothing said. Nothing, I mean, it's an emotional impact to Boba Fett, but it's like, that storyline feels so short and... Lazy and Lucasfilm, Disney being like, we've done enough, right? We've touched on this subject and that was enough. So just in the next 20 minutes, kill them off. Like, it's almost like we've, we've talked on the podcast before about the number of episodes of show, streaming shows these days and how that creates like a very tight story. It almost feels like with Book of Boba Fett, there's too few episodes. They committed to seven episodes and it feels like that's not enough time to tell their story. Whereas, like, maybe if they committed to even eight or huh. ten, we could have, like, gotten a little bit more out of his relationship interac- interaction with the Tuskens and, like, fostered that relationship a bit more. Who knows how much time he actually spent with them? I mean, I I don't know if there's a timeline there, but obviously, like, five years passes between when he was tossed into the Sarlacc pit to when he finds Fennec Shand. So, who knows how long he actually got, but... That was such a disgrace to me. When we watched that episode, I was like, this is, like, I got angry. The episode ended and I was angry. I was like, why would they do that? Why would they introduce these people and tell this beautiful story and touch on this very important real-life, real-world topic and then just do nothing with them? And then, like, what? The destiny of indigenous people is to be murdered by colonists? Like, that's the story. I hated it. And then I... Hated where they went with it, so I'm maybe I'm hoping there will be more
1: flashbacks that, like, dive more into his relationship with them and stuff, but... I was hoping they would come back and they'd be part of his army. I assume most people thought that, like, oh, it's it'll be like Game of Thrones, where Daenerys makes, like, friends with everybody, yeah. you know? Like, he'll have the Tuscans, he'll have the Mandalorians, like, he could have this awesome, like, makeshift army... So, mm-hmm. maybe they're coming back. I don't know, but I think the like
0: woman warrior one will come back and maybe the child one, the two that he
1: interacted with most that like weren't the chief. Mm-hmm. Either way, it's a weird, like you said, it's a weird decision. Why? Because just... he could have just left them anyway. The only thing that it mattered is that in the next episode or two, they showed him blowing up the swoop bike gang or whatever. Yeah. That's the only thing other than him being sad and having. And being forced to move on.
0: And there's some intrigue there because he's like, they were killed by this gang, and Fennec is like, that would have never happened. So there's gonna be some reveal like the pikes killed them or the huts killed them, or and he's, he'll get his revenge. But and that brings up another point. I don't want to diminish all of that. Like it's a it's a it's problematic storytelling at best, that what happened in, in that episode. But moving on from that, I love the pikes. They were introduced in the clone wars, they're like galactic drug dealers there. I mean, I really love their design. I love in the animated series. Oh, they show up in the bad batch at one point too, but I love their design and I love like the sound effects that surround them and the way they speak and everything. This is the first time we've ever seen them with the masks off. So I thought that was cool. Let's touch on this. Water has become a huge thing in this show, right? The Dune Sea, Boba Fett at one point says this planet used to be covered in water. There's a lot of references to Camino. He says, you know, I grew up surrounded by water. Obviously, there's like water farmers. And then there's the dude who goes to see Boba Fett, who's the water merchant. And he's like increasing the price of water and like screwing people out of water and stuff. It really feels like the show may be going towards Boba Fett sort of freeing Tatooine and bringing that stuff, bringing water to the people of Tatooine and being like the savior of Tatooine that we were talking about the Phantom Menace before we started recording this episode and about how little baby Anakin wanted to like save his mother and free all the slaves and be the hero. And he was like, Qui-Gon, are you here to save us? And Qui-Gon was like, no, I'm here to take you from your mother and, then take you far 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 away you'll never come back here and we're not going to free the slaves so what if Lorelai you were talking about like the crime boss stuff is not that storyline's not appealing to you and I agree but it feels like it's going towards this like Boba Fett's gonna kick the drug dealers off of Tatooine Mm -hmm. and return free water to the people of Tatooine and clean up the streets and maybe free all the slaves and all that kind of stuff. Would that be an appealing, a more appealing, like we're, Royce said earlier, we have to watch the rest of the show. There's only three episodes left. And I don't necessarily agree with like getting to the end of a series and then looking back and being able to enjoy everything. I think there's something like special about that. But like the idea that you maybe have to trudge through several episodes in order for a payoff that makes you enjoy the previous few episodes, I don't really agree with all that much, but would you enjoy like would that change your point of view about the like crime lord? Yeah, I of think so.
3: I mean if he ends up being a good person in the end, which like right now it's kind of hard to argue like the flashback stuff is all very compelling and nice, but the current timeline, whatever, I like literally don't care. Although the thing with the the monster thingy, what is that thing? Rancor? Called? The Rancor? The Rancor. Love that. But <laughs> Other than that, I mean, yeah, I think that would be more interesting if they had even just, like, teased at the beginning that that was, like, his ultimate goal was to make this not a terrible situation Mm -hmm. and not to be the new Jabba. Like, if he made that very clear, then I think I would probably be more into it versus... Him just being like, you wouldn't say that to Jabba, so I'm going to go kill you or like whatever. Like, it's just boring. Yeah. And also, it's he's not being a good person. Like, I don't know. Mm. Whatever. They took the Mandalorian, who is a bounty hunter, whatever, and they like instantly turned him into a character that you really care about because of Baby Yoda. And they haven't really done that with Boba Fett yet. I guess. So, you know, I agree that I don't want to feel like I have to watch the end of the show to like for the beginning to really like make sense. Like I'm bored already. So I'm only going to watch the end because you want to watch the end. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just a different target audience. That could be. I think The Mandalorian is probably a lot more like generally interesting to people who aren't big Star Wars fans. But like I couldn't care less about a lot of what's going on. And I don't care like the pikes you're like, "Oh yeah, I know them from these other things." And it was so cool to see them with their masks off. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I don't whatever. think they're, they're super just...
1: well developed as the bad guy. Yeah. Like I'm not yeah. I'm not even really scared of them.
3: Yeah. And I also would like to be the first person to bring up that terrible speeder bike chase scene <laughs> that was it's like, okay, it's not like Disney is short on money. I don't know how it got so bad, but it was hard to watch it's like okay if i'm gonna sit through this show that i don't really want to watch you might as well make the special effects good enough that it doesn't wow feel like so weird like it was unsettlingly weird to watch i don't know they were like going too slow it was like a chase scene, but in slow motion. But the sound, it was just so weird. So That's like, funny. You,
1: I totally agree. But I'm surprised that that's something you picked out, which definitely oh means God. it's an issue. Instantly.
3: Yeah. That's like, that's the thing is like, I'm a casual fan. And that was like, so mm-hmm. unsettling to watch. I think I don't know what it is that they did that just made it so like a weird dissonance between the sound and the what you're watching. It's like the timing was I don't know. It yeah, was it was so it was very
0: slow and clunky. Yeah. Should we go around and say maybe should we go around and do a positive thing? Actually I wanna ask need to Robin. check my notes. <laughs> I actually wanna I wanna ask Robin this before we maybe before we dive into something positive. Because Robin, we've talked about like uh getting not known actors to play parts. Like to give people a chance, but also so that it like Supports the illusion of it all. What do you think of like the cameos that have happened Ooh. in the book of Boba Fett? Are they taking you out of it? Like the water merchant guy and Danny Trejo as the rancor uh, <laughs> trainer. And I really love Danny Trejo. I'm just going to say that. That's I great love casting, I, I think. So great to see him in that role. Yeah, I loved that. But I'm curious what Robin thinks.
2: I think it's shakes all. Shakes
0: head, shakes yeah, head.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I think it's all garbage. Like I can't watch a wow. Star Wars, Star Wars anything and then be like, Oh, look, it's the guy from Office Space.
1: Yeah, you're, Joey, you said you said that you can't say it's not Star Wars, but then as soon as you bring in, like, a very recognizable personality, that's hard to fit into Star Wars, especially mm. when you're like, is that, that Milton? I was like, that's the guy from... <laughs> I couldn't. Th- I wouldn't think Office Space, even though I think I said that was my favorite movie on this podcast way back when. But I was like, "That's the guy from King of the Hill." I can't believe the King of the Hill guy is on Star Wars.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't like any of that. They're, they're too like well known. It's not like uh, someone who's done some stuff who like you might kind of recognize from something recently. It's like pretty legacy actors, I think, and pretty instantly recognizable people. Like I. It takes me out of the moment, and it's not that I'm saying it's like not Star Wars. It's just like oh. it, in yeah. literally anything else. If you put those two people in anything else, I would have been like, "Well, there goes mm-hmm. that."
1: That's very distracting. <laughs> I think that com- sure. comes down to like an acting and directing thing. Like, you should be able to put any actor in any property, but they should do a good job that they fit in.
2: Like, could they could they at least have put it put them in like some sort of uh, like prosthetics to like yeah. make them look. Make him an alien, and you're like, "Well, is that Danny Trejo? Because the voice sounds like him, but it doesn't look like him." But they did literally nothing but like throw him in an outfit, and yeah,
1: I think he fits for that role, but it still takes you out of it. Like I was, just, he's in uh, Sons of Anarchy and like other you know crime stuff. Like that's where my mind went. I think, and that's you're like, the- I just you you like you said, he's the guy from this. That's a tough first reaction, other than like he's the mayor's assistant or whatever, the water guy. Like, you should just see him as the character, not the personality that you know.
2: Yeah, it's also funny because we were watching it and then Danny Trejo came on and I think you literally went, no, come on.
0: (laughs) I agree. It's very distracting when well-known actors are in things. I think they both fit the roles that they played very well. You know, I think that they both, like, whatever, they were on screen for maybe two minutes each. And, but I think it work, but it is very distracting to see them. I think what Danny Trejo sets up, what I want to see, you know, there's a lot of conversation about him not being trustworthy and maybe being like a bad guy or a spy for the huts or something. Hmm. And I think we really need a like execute machete order <laughs> scene with him. That'll be much funnier if it actually happens than it was just now when I tried to make the joke. Do you get it? Because machete, because uh-huh. he was machete, and then the machete order of watching Star Wars.
3: Literally no idea what you're talking about. Okay.
0: Well, real quick, can we go through um, and say a thing we liked? That's Robin, is there another thing you liked about the show so far besides the Ratcatcher
1: <laughs> droid?
2: No. <laughs> what, what do you think about the, the
1: main uh, Boba Fett theme? Not that one episode that we were like the music is wacky here, but the like the opening title in the credits.
2: I think it's terrible and doesn't fit. Oh. <laughs> it's it's still just it's still like distracting. Like, oh,
1: you, you don't think it's improved since the first one?
2: No, not at all. It's still distracting. And anytime I hear the music, I'm like, "All right, Mandalorian 2.0, keep trying." Okay, so that's not a nice huh. thing. So no.
1: you gotta.
0: I think I re- was so I will say I really like the theme. I think it fits a lot with the again like the indigenous culture aspects of the thing, the desert plant It just feels, it seems to fit the story and the planet and everything, I think. The very
1: first episode is, like, overbearing. Like, mm. watch it again and listen to the music. There's parts where the music is just like, bah! Bah! <laughs> Everyone listening just wanted to turn their podcast off right now. Yeah. Guess what? Because that's how they arranged the first episode of Boba Fett. <laughs> there was some of it that was, like, just... Just calm down. Like, a little bit of, like, strings could be good. You don't have to, like, punch through the, the orchestra. Yeah, Some of it would just seem like they're trying real freaking hard is all.
0: I do get distracted by the music sometimes. There have been a couple of instances where the CGI or whatever special effects they're using is a little wonky. In the first episode, when he was, like, running from that lizard dog thing in the desert, it looks... I do think that Speeder Bice mod squad chase scene is... I think it would be fine if the music wasn't so fast. Hmm. Everyone's complaining yeah, about yeah. that scene. I'm like over it. I think I love the mods and everything. We didn't even get to touch on that. I would love to talk about that. We're running out of time. But I, the music in that is just so fast, and it makes you feel like you want a faster situation than what's going on. And I think yeah. that's the real Detriment yeah. to that scene. I mean, but. they're
3: also obviously going so slow. I was, it's like you watch them go past people.
2: It's like, I could run faster. What is the point <laughs> of the speeder bike? It's so. Well, weird. Maybe that
1: they tried to beef it up with the music or I, something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah.
2: I mean, listen, a space Vespa can only go so fast. <laughs> Apparently.
3: <laughs> like they can either catch a Hover very fast speed. Hoverboards can <laughs> can't. Like, yeah.
2: It's just, it was You need so bad. power.
1: Okay. So we were supposed <laughs> to say nice things and we a just shat, thing, all, yes, shat yes. all over it. So. No other redeeming quality, Robin?
2: Little rabbit. You don't have like a
1: second favorite character? (laughs) I don't really have a problem with any of the visual stuff so far. I think visually it's looked pretty cool. And there's been some like shots of the desert and whatnot that I'm like, that's cool. Like feels like it has scale and that Tatooine is like a vast, you know, abyss of just sand and stuff like it used to be oceans. And now it's just sand. It's just going to be this like nothingness on and on forever. I feel like there's been some shots that have felt very much like that. I don't have any complaints about the visuals from it. And what do I like? The Sand People stuff is great. Like, if if there's anything to take away from just the first four, it's the backstory with the Tuskens, even, like, the Banthas and stuff. And maybe the fact that Tatooine used to be a planet with oceans and jungle or whatever they said. Like, that's cool Star Wars stuff. Not to put Star Wars in a box, but that's all like, wow, I want to know more about the Tusken Raiders. And who has ever really said that? Like, they're just kind of a throwaway character. Like, if you're on Tatooine, there's Tuscans and Jawas. That's just part of the yeah. ambiance. But now you're like, they're like the indigenous people. Like you said, Joey, you're like, we gotta protect the Tuskens. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the best part. Like Lorelai said, not a lot of compelling stuff about Boba Fett wanting to be the ruler of Mos Espa. Like with Selling Sunset, I can't relate to that. <laughs> but I could relate to, to Din Djarin being like, I'm a bounty hunter, I'm just doing my job, Oh, but I gotta take care of this kid, and I have a heart of gold, and even though I like, take in bad guys for a living, I'm gonna take care of this kid now. That's way more relatable, and we all love the Mandalorian, and that I, I was supposed to say good stuff, but I like the the Sand People stuff has done well, Moss Aspa stuff not as much, but you know, you get a little bit of something you like. It's not all bad. You don't yeah. have to shit yeah. all over the whole yeah. thing. I think, again, we're
0: seeing Boba Fett develop as a character. He's changing. He came from a water planet, and he's now changing. Tatooine was once a water planet. Now it's sand. It has changed. <laughs>
3: oh. oh. It's a metaphor.
0: Lorelai, what like do you like about the show? It's yeah. poetry. It's um,
3: poetry. I like... <laughs> When Boba Fett got his ass kicked by <laughs> the Lady Raider, that was pretty fun. By who? The isn't oh, it the yeah the, yeah, the Tuscan like, Raider, the woman Tuscan Raider yeah, warrior yeah. lady. I love that. You go, girl! Like yes, yeah. I like. I really like that part.
0: Well, they really taught him how to be a warrior. I yeah, mean, yeah. Like, when how we was he see... doing
3: his job before that? He was <laughs> really bad. at Well, fight. he had right? all his gadgets. Which... Yeah, he had his he, armor to hide he behind. He got bumped. Maybe that's into I for, a
0: pit. Yeah, and, like he like, didn't boop, do anything in the, in the original trilogy yeah let's <laughs> just put it there and when we see him in the Mandalorian he's a total badass beating the crap out of stormtroopers so we now know that the Tuskens trained him to fight anyway go ahead what else anyway do you
3: that I mean that's probably that my favorite moment I don't know I said several things that I like yeah, about it already. that's true but you did great thanks thank you
0: I like a lot of the show. Like I said, I'm here for it. I'm here for learning more, expanding the galaxy. I'm here for character development. You know, there's a lot of people out there who are like, you're changing Boba Fett, which is completely ridiculous he because non- he was nothing. Entity. He was nothing. Yeah. yeah so uh, that's also not how you tell stories. People Yeah, do you want? The same yeah. thing over it? Like, Him it's falling just into a pit? Over, <laughs> yeah. that's, the that's entire show. Thing. He just <laughs> falls into a pit? Yeah, that's his thing. <laughs> Boba Fett was such a badass when he got gently pushed into this monster. Uh, <laughs> anyway, God, sorry for the discourse, but I just can't stand all this nonsense. I like that they're bringing comic book characters that I know, which you don't need to know or comic book, but it's just like, it's cool to see Kersanton, the Wookiee, in the show i think that that's really badass and a secret that i think they kept really well i didn't know about it it's really cool to see oh, yeah, that, that character show up
3: when he ripped that guy's arm off and she was like we're all over whatever he did oh. to you and he was like sucks to suck and jennifer beals yeah, as
0: garza madam garza whip her whole that character her establishment i love all of that i think I love that. I love that scene where she's trying to talk Chrysanthemum down. That might be my favorite scene in the show so far, where she's trying to talk Chrysanthemum down and he's pissed off at the Trandoshans. Trandoshans have done terrible things to Wookiees, so he's like, I'm gonna do this, and she's like, ah, we're all over this. Calm down. You're better than this, and then he does it anyway, and then Boba Fett's like, it was worth a shot. I love that whole scene, all of it, and then him going to work for Boba Fett. So, I'm enjoying a lot of the show. I don't enjoy when they do bullshit storytelling like killing the Tuskins off screen and then being done with it. No shade to Robert Rodriguez, but like I've really enjoyed the episode that he hasn't had a hand in. So, I hope that maybe like going forward. If you're listening, Robert, no Uh,
3: shade.
0: (laughs) But yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's definitely a different level than The Mandalorian. I don't know if they're comparable, but what. Do we think of the Mandalorian of Din coming to Boba Fett?
3: Oh, so excited! <laughs> it's gonna be the peak of the once it once I heard. I mean, I think I was per, not gonna lie, pretty bored in the fourth episode. I was probably on my phone. Then it was like, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, we're here now! <laughs> it's great."
0: What do you all think? Are you excited for that? Does that do anything for either of you?
3: Baby Yoda was still around when Boba Fett like. I think he's the picture,
0: right? gone now. At this, At this point, point he be would going. be gone because oh. Fennec was with uh, Fennec and Bobo were both there pretty much when yeah. Luke took Grogu away. Oh. So this is post that. But he
3: has to go get his armor, right? I don't remember. Never mind. I'm mixing my stories.
0: Do either of you care about that?
3: <laughs> I I'm definitely like <sighs> I
1: have to see what happens. I'm in to see what they do with it, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of skeptical that like it'll pay off. Because I just, I feel like Din should be off ruling Mandalore and doing other things, like, and learning more about his own culture rather than, like, I owe Boba Fett. Like, I thought they made a deal that, like, he'd give them the armor if he helped them or something. Like, they're already, like, square. Yeah. It's cool that they, like, stayed Facebook friends and they're going to, like, <laughs> get back together, I guess. But it doesn't, I don't really see why why Din would be really compelled like that's a whole other plot line to be like let's go visit the Mandalorians and tell them our quarrel you know like that's Hmm. a whole episode to get them on board if he just shows up because he like like I said like he Facebook invited him to his reunion party or something that doesn't make a lot of sense to me so to see how they pull it off is going to be Interesting.
0: He got Max Rebo to play the Mando theme. And then when that happens, Din Djarin is like, my Mandalorian senses are tingling and he knows yeah. to go to Tatooine.
1: Well, and then is it Din or is it like all the Mandalorians? Like there's a lot of loose ends. I mean, if all the Mandalorians show up, that's it. It's over. Pikes are screwed. Well, I mean, I guess if he's got the Darksaber or whatever, like maybe that's another thing. They can like, we don't know what time it is. So mm-hmm. maybe Din is already ruling Mandalore. And then we get a flashback to see, you know, we don't know what the timeline's like. Right. Or not exactly what it's like, anyway. Skeptical, but (laughs) optimistic. Robin, it's she's... That didn't excite. She's out. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's kind of a cheap shot, dude. Like you said, Lorelai, you're like, oh, the theme music, yay! That's like a cheat code. We're gonna bring it into character people already like. From yeah. a better show,
0: it's like they like, almost
3: knew that people weren't going to like it. So like, <laughs> well, <"No." laughs>
0: I think they're working on exp- like creating an intertwined galaxy. Yeah, I get so. that,
3: but you could have made this one more fun for the rest of us. So.
0: <laughs> okay, so since we had four episodes to catch up on, and I had a couple of long loud things to say at the beginning of this episode. We're going to skip the surprise question. My surprise question will just be, are we excited to see Din Djarin show up in the Book of Boba Fett and to mix results? So that's it. We did it. Our first episode of 2022. Appreciate you all. Love you all. Thanks for podcasting. We're starting another year of (laughs) podcasting. I love it. I hope you're all excited to podcast in 2022. Royce, (laughs) do you want to say all the end of show stuff?
1: So, we would love to hear what you think about the first half of the show only. Episodes one through four. (laughs) What did you hate about it and what did you really hate about it and what feels (laughs) like Star Wars and what doesn't feel like Star Wars? Please let us know wherever you social media, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. We're on them all. I heard we even have a TikTok now. So go wow. search for Krypton to Alderon on your favorite social media platform. Sounds like <laughs> it's like 2003 and this is like the first time anyone's ever done social media. We also, you could also send us an email, pew, pew us an email at krypton 2 alderon at gmail.com. And of course, leave us a review wherever you listen as well. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the end of the show. I've been Royce.
2: I've been Robin. I've been Lorelai.
1: I've been Bosk. And we've been
2: Krypton
0: to, to, to the the I see a lot of Krypton.